Welcome to the Win for Weed podcast, where cannabis catalyzes conversation. Do 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 do. It's still Corona. Yes, folks, we are still distancing. We are still conducting our activities and conversations remotely. Although we are so very sick of it, just like everyone else, we hope everyone is being safe, healthy, and responsible. Today is an amazing conversation. It's like a collision of alternate dimensions of podcast duos. We are having a conversation with two very cool gentlemen who are huge advocates of cannabis and all its glory. They are both longtime patients, connoisseurs, and true believers in promoting the cannabis culture. These guys have made it their mission to inform, educate, and inspire the masses in the ways of the plant and much, much more. They have experience, they have passion, and they also have their own podcast. They were a total blast to talk to, and we hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Please enjoy our conversation with Canada Dave and Groovy. Here we go. Again. Groovy. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I can't help but affect sometimes. Did you really just hear that? Or did you that? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you guys, thank you so much for, you know, coming and having a conversation with us. We're really excited. Um, um, just, you know, and just, just to start off how we kind of start off, do you mind, do you mind kind of giving a rundown of who you guys are and how you're involved in the world and how we all kind of linked up? Okay. For sure. I mean, you want to give one candidate? Oh, did we start the episode? Sorry. Oh yeah. We're always started. Oh. We're organic. We just start. <laughs> they just flow. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah, candidate, um, Groovy's my partner. We started my Canacast because me and Groovy have been smoking what weed now for over 10 years together. And yep. we were always talking about different strains, different things, just comparing different things, talking about it, talking about the industry, what could what could happen, what where it could go. And this is right when 2008, we uh, passed medical marijuana uh, in Michigan. So we approved it. I think 09, I got my card. Uh, Groovy got his right around 09 or right after me, I believe. And from there, I think we became pretty much infatuated with the cannabis. Yeah. And everything he can do. Yeah. Honestly, like, I mean, he hit the nail on the head. We just, you know, we kind of had like a like mind, like minded idea of what we like have about cannabis and how, you know, the hopes for the future and just trying to get information out there. And, you know, like we were talking before, just kind of, uh, we both kind of had the abilities to make it happen, you know, as I started with the audio and programming type of or audio, you know, background, he, the candidate Dave was in depth in the marijuana. We kind of, as I got more involved in the cannabis industry and candidate Dave was more into like the internet and the marketing, we kind of just collided and it was like, this is what we need to do just to kind of get the information out to the consumers, you know? Cause so that's the goal. It was kind of just like spreading our experience to someone that may be just getting into recreational weed, especially cause now it in, in Michigan, it's just converting over to legality, um, legal completely. Yeah, 21 and up. Yep. 21 so, and, up. and it's been a long 10 years between what happened in medical changing to rec. You know, it was a lot of gray area, a lot of wild things. So it was just kind of, this is uh, the idea, you know, just to get the information out there about cannabis. Yeah, I think Ruby hit it perfectly. Uh, he does the audio fantastic, amazing. He kills the audio. 
I do <laughs> digital marketing. I, that's like my job on the side. So with my marketing experience, I'm putting that into how I'm approaching the podcast. And that's like how you guys probably found us was through our content or somewhere where we posted, maybe Instagram or Reddit. And then you guys reached out to us and here we are now. And we love collabing with other cannabis uh, podcasts or brands or companies because we just want to, we just want to talk about cannabis, make it more normalized and we're advocates for it. We try to educate people on different products, different things. Um, like we said, we've been smoking for years, so we've gone through bad product and good product. So we just like to talk about that and, you know, inspire people towards the future of what cannabis could be and the direction where it could be. Yeah. I mean, when Eli mentioned you, you know, that he had touched base with you guys and how, how he found you guys, that's what he had said is that it was through your social media. It was your beautiful uh, plants, Dave. Hey. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I uh, really appreciate that. Actually. Speaking man, lighting up some Sherbert. <laughs> And me as well as the crazy trail. Um, I appreciate you uh, liking those plants. Uh, that is something in Michigan, uh, you're allowed to grow 12 for medical or recreational. And that's something I've always found as a nice hobby. I've always enjoyed it. Um, I, th I love looking at the way the plant grows from its seedling to veg to flowering. And each plant you grow has different traits, different, different smells. So you could have three seeds from one genetic and each one of those seeds be completely different in how it grows tastes and everything and i just find that fascinating um it's almost like a science project i've always told myself oh which i can confirm because dave's been doing experiments between led and hps <laughs> and then trying different phenotypes and i've been fortunate to try everything you know so i've been you know we are able to converse about that offline and on the podcast but realistically you know it's just something we love doing is conversing about it you know because everyone has their own experience with cannabis, you know, so everyone's got something to put input. Yeah. Groovy. You're just like one lucky hamster, huh? Just taking <laughs> what the scientist gives you. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally the guinea pig, but it's cool. You know, I'll deal with it. I'm fine. I'm fine. totally fine with that. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and, and really hats off to you guys, you know, cause Eli, when he mentioned, you know, he's like, Oh, I've reached out to these guys and I said, right, I'll, you know, let me take a look and see. And he's right. I mean, you know, your your content on your social media is wonderful. And and then I delved further into your guys' stuff. And it's like, I mean, A, you guys really are totally in line with like what we believe about normalizing it and just educating people because that's that's what will normalize it. And like no, you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. All we, read about your, we read your Instagram heading and we were like, that's like 100 percent. It was like normalize, educate. And what was the last part? I'm so like. Great. Celebrate. See? celebrate and we lo we were like same yeah it's four peas in a pod four peas in a pod yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure and you know it, and we always get excited meeting other people who who recognize that you know the cannabis culture exists and it's wonderful but it goes so much deeper than the the superficial level of the cannabis culture and if we don't deepen it ourselves and get the word out and get people educated and really passionate about it, it will never normalize. And Oh, completely agree. Completely agree. In, in Michigan, it's like a small knit community. I don't know if you guys have had like the cannabis cup or anything out there in Chicago, but when the cannabis cup came here, 
when it was only medical, it, you knew all the cannabis advocates and everybody who's been fighting for it to get recreational. And now that it's recreational, you have a lot of people like, I think me and Groove you've been seeing are, are educated, like you're saying, like we just, we just released a new um, episode today on shelf life of cannabis. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever go to a provisioning center and you get a product and you go home and it shows you like a product test date and then the day like it was on the shelf and it's like eight, 10 months old that you're like, you're paying top dollar and you're not getting the top quality back in return. Because recently that happened to me when I bought two grams of concentrates, it was over a year old tested and been on the shelf. And me personally, I didn't want that. So, you know, I went back, returned it, but some people aren't educated to know that it would be still be good to consume. I don't know if it's good to consume. I don't think I would consume it. That's why I got rid of it. But I do think that educating the, the consumers and people will help normalize cannabis completely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny you say that. I mean, that means that the cannabis industry is, is normalizing to the sense that that's how a lot of other industries work. I mean, for example, I worked on a commercial for, uh, oh my God, like Honey Bunches of Oats in Battle Creek, Michigan. You, you guys know that. The yeah. whole town is a cereal town. Yeah. They said, cereal when you town. open a box of cereal from your store, it's it's 8 to 18 months old. Ugh. And I was like, well, what? <laughs> and they gave us fresh boxes of cereal. And we're like, well, how different can it really be? And we all went home that night after the shoot and we had a bowl <laughs> of fresh honey bunches of oats. And we were like, just like oh, pass out. Dude, that is different. You know, like. That's crazy. Like that's that's so wild to think about that cereal. My whole life can taste better. I did not know Amazing. that. It totally proves your point that like being aware of such things. I had a buddy educate me about the same thing about car tires. He's like, dude, you got to check the date. I was like, you got with tires. He goes, point. they yeah. could be sitting on a shelf for years, and then the rubber decomposes. And he, you know, he's a car guy, but but yeah. but it's all examples of within each niche within each industry. People just got to know. You got to know. And you should know. I did not know the tires had that rubber. That's I like that. That's pretty. I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I like that tip is what I'm saying, because honestly, it's just such a good analogy because it's wild to think about that. Like shelf life is applicable to like so many things. You know, I never really think about that, though, but it really is. <laughs> well, and cannabis specifically, you're talking you're dealing with. I mean, we're in almost in the realm of produce in a way. Oh, it's your, there's health issues, you know. This is really health. I mean, true health issues. This should be considered the same. You should have an expiration date for, like, stuff because eventually it, you're you're losing the taste and potency of it. So, like, the brand that has that in the shop, you're, you're going to buy that brand and be like, man, this brand sucks. But it's been there for a year. So the brand's losing out. Yeah, I mean, you, you should get a discount. Yeah, it should be day-old bread discount on that stuff. That's exactly what I said, too. <laughs> Like almost verbatim, because I'm like, you just can't charge full price for an unfull, like a not full, like a no. not a pro- a product at its full capacity. That's like you're diminishing a brand when it's not even your brand to diminish. Yeah, that's sad, and it's sad that it's already happening. But you know, well, I you get it though. Like people got to make like the the, the dispos wants to make their money. So yeah. they have to sell it, but at the same time, it's like you know, someone's got to take the loss there. You know, and I I don't feel like it should be the consumer. No. What is the shelf life of cannabis? 
Well, in Michigan, they're they're saying a year on, on some of the stuff that we've seen with actual expiration products, the, the uh, expiration dates. Some of the products though don't have that, and they more have like when it was processed or when they processed or made the product or when they you know they sold it. Sometimes they don't mention the expiration date. I guess it should just be assumed a year after that. But that's if they take care of it right, you know, and it's in the right conditions. And then, you know, Dave's had stuff given to him over a year old. Now, the dispos will usually exchange it. But, you know, feels like something, you know, unfortunately is left now on the consumer to double check. And this all spawned from our friend going to the shop and buying a product. And he gets home and it, it doesn't taste like anything. And he's like, man, why was it so bad? And then we... We looked and I literally felt looked at the packaging and I was like, man, dude, and, and he's paying like 15, 20 a gram. And then there's tax on top of that. And there's like no taste in the butt. Like, ugh, you feel so bad. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, who loves that $20 rego gram? Mm. The only, the only thing worse is when <laughs> I actually watched the guy buy oregano for 20 bucks, but that was his oh, fault. Oh my God. Oh, it was in a foreign country, and he was an idiot. But it's uh, it was <laughs> he deserved it. But no, but but I mean, you know, it's it it ties back into you know what you guys what you guys are kind of doing more than what we do. You guys are educating on a fact by fact, very entre- uh, connoisseur level, which we thoroughly appreciate. But like people need to know how you store it properly. You know, if someone hands me a bag of weed, it's a year old, and it says this has been vacuum sealed in a cold, dark basement, I'm gonna say. Correct. Okay, I'm not afraid to try this. If right. someone says, this has been in my attic in a pickle jar, I say, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, or just basically, like, I left this in my car for three days on accident once. Like, you know. <laughs> well, I might still smoke that one. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I was just kind of saying, like, sometimes those extreme conditions, and right now it's just really hot here. So I was saying, like, if you left it in your car for a couple of days when it's extremely totally. hot, and then you bring it cold again, it's not going to have this, I can't imagine it being the same. So... See, there's some, there's a bunch of factors, and there's leaf. Absolutely. There's a good Leafly article that talks about shelf life and gets more in depth on can on uh like concentrates of cannabis. I, I think that was like the that was the only article we really saw, and there's not, yeah, not, and they were saying between six to twelve months um product on something. So I mean, it just literally depends on how I guess you you package. It. If you vacuum seal it and you're in a cool jar place, that flower can last a longer time. Exactly, but if you got it in a plastic container and light beating on it for five months, I guarantee it's not going to be as good mm-hmm. as it was a month ago. And they should be running discounts right. and things like that. You know, to get rid of that product. No, that's a valid, valid point for sure. Um, so real quick, I want to flip back around before we get too far away from it. You guys are from Michigan. You guys had, you fun, you know, you've been functioning in Michigan. So just, you want to talk to us about, you know, when you got your medical card? Because you guys, you know, it's a pioneering moment. You know, you guys got to experience, you know, Eli and I don't have our med card. It was, it's super hard to get it in Illinois. They just loosened it up a little bit in the past year, but it was almost in congruence with legalization. So, and you know, and then it's 300 bucks and you got to wait, blah, blah. So tell us, tell us what it was like to get your medical card. How'd you guys feel about that? I, mean, I was pretty stoked. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we got ours pretty early in the game, so 
it was weird at first because I don't know if this is something you guys are thinking about or facing even with getting your med card. But when you get a med card, you're kind of admitting certain things to the, you know, to the world. And although it's not usually a big deal because usually it's more private, but so for some reason there's a lot of regulations on marijuana and cannabis. So anyways, I'm not going to get into all that. But my whole point is that when you did it, you kind of had to make this decision of like, you know, am I going to stand by this, you know? more or less. Now, I don't think it was super complicated once I got to the doctor. Uh, you know, I think that it was like looser by the time I got to it. I know it was really tight in the beginning. So Dave, you, Dave got his closer to the beginning. I got mine in about 2010, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I'm remembering I was, yeah, I was what, 19 maybe at the time. And I got my, I've had, yeah, I think you were yeah, 2009, had, uh, stomach or problems and problems from a kid. So cannabis has helped me like been able to eat and other things like that. Um, so that, that's what I got it for at first was that, and I thought it would be, it was good because you were able then to eventually they had the provisioning shops where you'd be able to go and get your product. But I always thought it goes back to like the growing, like you were able to grow 12 plants for yourself as a med patient. And I always was infatuated with that end of it, uh, personally. So like, that's what I always wanted to do. So I honestly started hydro at my first, and I'll never go back to hydro, but that's what I started with. And so that's, that's interesting. That's why you got your card. I never, I mean, that makes sense. Now I didn't know you started growing in the, in the closet and yeah. whatnot, but that's interesting that you got your card. Cause I got my card because I wanted to just learn. I just wanted to know everything about it. And I want to protect myself because I like, I just chose it. You know, I didn't want anything to like bite me in the ass. I'm driving one day and I get arrested for like, you know, completely. Like Cause it was so silly. Cause it was so silly back in the day. I mean like back in the day, like 10 years ago, I say it was like a long time ago, but 10 years ago, like it was just, just different, you know, completely looked at differently. And you guys know this, like, look how much has changed just in the media, yet alone just Michigan, but in Michigan, the laws have changed so much and just how people pers- like the perspective on it. Yes. The laws have changed, but it's perspective that I've noticed has shifted. And that's, what's crazy to me. But back then it was, you know, looked at as a stigma. So when we got it, it was for me, it was protections. Dave, it seemed like it was interest more for growing and the other side, but it was all because, you know, we knew this was like a thing we yep. stood by. Yeah. As soon as we you know? had the rights and like advocating for it, I think me and him have pretty much gone with that since we started uh, smoking. And we found that, you know, people are getting in trouble for just weed. When you really, when you find out after you try it, there's real no harm into it compared to other harder drugs that it's passed on the federal drug class and all that. Yeah, or it can kind of help you get away from those that too. Drugs, and so we, which I know, you know, which is like kind of, you know, there's other reasons, there's reasons why I support it, you know, from friends and personal experience, you know, that that is something that's like close to me is like, I know people may not look at it as like, oh, it's a replacement. But, you know, I think cannabis can save lives in many ways, not just and mentally. Uh, there's like studies with, the, you know, PTSD. There's studies with seizures. There's studies with, you know, all these CBDs and Rick Simpson oil. There's just so much benefits to cannabis where I, you know, like, like you know, we're both just kind of like you You guys obviously agree. It's just we, we, we love this wholeheartedly. And people need to know that if there's alternatives to like Vicodin or alternatives to, you know, whatever it may be know yeah yeah i completely agree with you i mean we i think eli and i both i mean pretty much agree with all that we we had a toxicologist on a conversation with him about kind of like what you just ended on and it was just a really interesting perspective you know because he's he was uh very smart very experienced guy but very uh neutral very straight edge and uh Mm -hmm. 
we brought all that up to him and he had a lot of good arguments and you know it, it makes you want to open your ears and listen but at the end of the day I also agree uh I think that the benefits far outweigh any possible negatives and as we explained to him it's like the only way we can all find out its true potential and any true problems is if it's legalized, federally legalized, researched, regimented, regulated. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's where we come from, is we want to push for that kind of normalization. Even if it makes a couple skeletons come out of the closet, we want to know. Everyone should know. I, I agree. Everyone should know. And with, with that research, we'll be able to know what all the compounds and cannabinoids can actually do. There's so many different uh, cannabinoids in uh, cannabis that we haven't even on. Um, yeah, that we're just finding more and more daily, it seems like. So, like, with the research and with it being federally legal, that will open up the gates. And truthfully, I really think there might – I don't think there's any skeletons in the closet for it. Uh, it was it was legal for how many years here until, what, 1930s or something when they uh, made it federally legal? Like, I'm pretty sure Native Americans have been using it when they were here. Like, it's been here for years, like – Thousands of years. Oh, in the, in the world, country or in, in general, the world? In general, but even in the country. Oh, like, thousands. Every every native culture, every native culture and indigenous people in almost every place has used some form of it, of cannabis. I mean, sometimes you might get in, you know, it's like hash or, you know, but like you see it pop up in ancient culture constantly. And it's never a bad thing. You know, it was never a bad reason when it popped up. So I, I agree with you. It's like you're just combating nature. It's almost a losing argument. But And I, I like, Dave, Dave, something you said that I really like and I agree with is just that until it's federally legal, like the research can't really be done. Like the funding won't really be yeah. there. Like, yes, it can be done at the state level and at the, you know, at the, I don't know, I guess college level or wherever the research being done currently. But I think until it's like federally legal and the inform- it can just really, it's going to catalyst it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well and and it's battling the stigma which is why it, like you guys said it, it became illegal in the 30s and it's like well why well if you yeah. dig deep enough why some pretty shitty reasons and it's yeah. one and it also adds to why they aren't willing to go research it and you know i mean it, cannabis is one of the reasons one of the main uh population feeder of prisons that's a business you're not lying. We, and Dave, Dave, Dave says that all the time. The Daves <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah. Daves agree. I mean, I agree too. I was just saying, you guys both say this. I mean, just like literally from the last episode we just put out, and then what you just said is almost verbatim. It's just like it's 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 a business, and you got to get them out because it's just not fair. Like it just doesn't make yeah. sense now. I mean, at least at least for Michigan, we're having an issue that they're not even getting one out. I know Chicago was pretty good on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. What just. Or didn't they let like a bunch of people out almost immediately? Once things like, changed. What, oh, you mean expunging records in jail? Yeah, yeah. Didn't they like let a bunch of things off? Like we're still not there yet. Eli, do you remember like the process is started immediately, but I don't know if people have been released yet. Oh, really? I don't know. Well, they were supposed to do stuff here and nothing's happened yet. So, I mean, it could be a slow process. I know San yeah. Francisco, I believe, out in California released a bunch of people, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, but it needs to happen faster, though. I mean, 
here for recreational, the equity and expungement was a huge driving force in passing the bill. So it's happening. It's going to happen. Um, I know that uh, – I'm really trying to rack my brain to hear if I hear people have been released. But, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll look it up. We'll figure it out by the end of this thing. But It, it was um, more related to their criminal records, um, hmm. those that weren't associated with violent crimes, and it was less than maybe 30 or 40 grams. I think 100,000 records uh, were expunged. Um, but I think still FBI could see some of those people uh, as records. But as far as employment, housing, um, that would be completely erased. And I think it's still ongoing for the people that are in jail. But That's good. At least they're doing some. You know, speaking of ongoing, I wanted to bring up the fact that in Michigan, you know, I, I have my in-laws are in Michigan. So I, I kind of function. My, my brother-in-law was a grower as a caregiver for a while. So I kind of. <laughs> got to you know ride the sidecar of that wave with him and listen to it but i know that like michigan voted legal wreck but then it took what a year for it to finally they stalled it right yeah uh we voted legal in uh november of 18 we passed legal uh, i forgot what it was what percent it was it was like 57 to 43 or something like that but it didn't uh go you couldn't buy legal sales until December 6th of uh, 2019. So just six months ago, you weren't able to buy. But they've also been doing, Michigan's been kind of slow with rec and medical, but I think when they did the rec and they opened it, it was a little bit quicker. The medical process and licenses have gone very slow here. That's been very Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a great, we lived in a gray area, at least far as the consumer, because you didn't know which dispos was, were really a legit and like which ones weren't really legit. Um, cause it was kind of hard to differentiate the two yeah. for a while for many years, yeah. at least for me. And now, then finally, as you started seeing like, Hey, everything had to be tested. Then when you started seeing tests, you're like, okay, well, these ones are the more legit ones. And I mean, honestly, up until maybe like a month ago, I mean, I, I knew there was still a few of them operating without licenses or like you know without that you know they didn't have that the guidelines that everyone else did they didn't sell anything with um uh um with the uh testings and stuff some things but there was no requirements and like i mean it's 2020 so you think about we started this in 2008 and we're now just getting to the point where i'm like oh this is a legit dispo definitely yeah because i think in 2016 that's when they started doing uh, they started making licenses because when they first uh, passed medical in 08, there was no law about having dispensaries. It was pretty much the caregivers were supplying the market with their overages yep. from their yep. plants that they're paying. All the caregivers. Then in 16, they made, I think in 2016, don't quote me, uh, they made the law, they made the medical, uh, it was the MMFLA law. Now it's, it's handed by uh, MRA, the Michigan Regulatory Agency. And it's pretty much like everything seed to sale. You have to apply for a license. All products have to be tested. And that that's finally been, it, it's, it's sped up. But when that first launch, it took, it was such a slow process. And like Groovy was saying, 2018, 2019, there were still some dispos that were still operating in the gray area. Now, finally, I don't think there's that many that are operating in the gray area. I don't believe so. At least in the Metro Detroit area, in the Metro Detroit area. That's good news. I mean, and and then again, you know, and you've seen this in California. I think you've seen it in Colorado. I know you've seen it in Michigan. Then you have 
county sheriffs and feds coming in and still futzing with people. And it's just kind of like, you know what? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the worst. That's the worst. Like when they're seizing people's property and it's like, he's a legitimate grower under under Michigan law. But then like the sheriff or the feds are like, man, we don't care. And they go and seize everything. And it's like, you know, that that's just infuriating. And that's another reason why I'm like, okay, let this just all has to be legalized. Well, when the feds come in and bust you, it, well, yeah, yeah, that, oh, absolutely. But also it creates this untrust of like, is it, should I be getting my car or am I just putting my name on a list where they're going to come mess with me? So that created like a whole stigma for a long time. Now I don't necessarily believe that's how it was, but I also, that's only because my experience didn't lead to that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think that's something that was created from then. That's a bummer, you know? Like, I, I just... Uh... Eli and I have had multiple, you know, we, we haven't been doing this quite as long as you guys, but we've already had multiple instances where we have to have a gut check. You know, our we're win for weed. Our movement is to celebrate, advocate, and elevate the cannabis culture globally. We want it to be as normal as a beer at a barbecue. So... Yeah, completely agree. We've had to been like, okay, like you were saying, am I am I ready to attach my actual name, my actual face to this movement? And we both have decided that, yeah, we have to because we have to be okay with it. Otherwise, how's everyone else going to be okay? With it? <laughs> but you're right; it is it is scary. I have kids. I work in a industry. You know, like you have to. It's not there yet, and you really are going out on a limb when you submit information like that. And I mean, dude, with the current administration, uh, there's a part of me where I'm like, I don't know if I'm really ready for them to have my info and my preferences. No, I, I definitely get that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little more like, you know, you know, F, F the government, to be honest, <laughs> straight up, just because honestly, like not necessarily for what they do in and completely. I mean, there, there's great parts to it, but that's how my attitude was when I was younger. Cause I was like, screw this. I want to fight for this thing. You know, forget it, you know, screw it all. Like I, I know, yes, I was younger. So I was a little bit more fortunate to where I didn't, I wasn't going to lose a lot, but even to this day, like I just stand by it because of how much positivity has caused in my life and the things it p- could have done, you know, for others that I know. And it, it's just like, you know, it is scary at first, but it's something that like, just like you said, eventually, you know, if you're going to, you need to, you have to be that representation and just put yourself out there. So a long time ago, I just start, I just really wanted to put myself out there because, you know, because it's bigger than me it's bigger than us you know you bring you bring up a valid point and that's and that's when at at what point when the government and your beliefs and passions disagree so much that you do say fuck the government and that's what i'm saying i wasn't trying to say in all aspects because there's a lot that you know but it's my attitude that had to become with with cannabis and obviously with other things but that's besides this podcast but cannabis (laughs) specifically because um because this life for me i you know i can't speak for everyone i can't speak for even can and dave but this life for me it's like this is something that was positive for me so i'm not gonna be I don't want to stand scared, you know, and I exactly you said, if you can start making that change, then you just spread that energy to hopefully people around you and the people that happen to check out our podcast or your podcast or anyone's pot, you know, just, you know, cause I'm using us as an example, but just anyone that finally it opens themselves to cannabis, you know, cause I mean, what's cool about this stigma finally cha- evolving, at least from the Michigan perspective is that you're seeing 
um, people in generations uh, that are, at least from my experience, people that like the much older generations, like four generations older than me that had this one viewpoint on cannabis. Now we're now they're like, well, you know, they're kind of opening their mind to it. And it's just like, honestly, that stigma is such a powerful control over what happens in legislation. So I, I just, it's slowly changing, but it's, it's going to be a, you know, a squiggly line battle. It's going to be up down like a roller coaster. So, yeah. Well, and so, you know, I, I listened to your intro pod, well, you know, a couple of years, but the intro. So it's like, I know why you guys started. Um, and you know, it's a great reason, you know, you guys went and started in a medicinal and you, like I said before, you guys get into some beautiful detail about the nuances of the many facets of cannabis, which is, you know, there are tons. And so, and so my question is, do you guys, has your reason for continuing changed? Like, you know, you guys got in for educating. So, I mean, obviously education is an ongoing thing, but also have, have you seen an effect, a positive or negative effect that you guys have been having on your immediate audience or immediate culture? I I think, uh, Groovy, I don't know, quote me, but I think we've had a, pretty positive uh impact so far in the michigan community and we've had we've also collabed with a, uh, another podcast mary jane experience out in colorado but like with people that have reached out to us people have messaged us and have like literally commented and said we love what you're doing for the uh community we like our the medical community or we like this uh we've gotten separate we've gotten couple messages from a couple different people that have found value in the content we've posted and have put out. So to us, I mean, for, to me, I get, I get pretty ecstatic when I hear that or see that. And it, it's, it's something good. Cause like, like you said, we want to educate people, but we like advocate and we want to inspire people to try different things. And like, we, we've just like, we've just gone through so much cannabis within what, 10, 11 years that, you know, we just, learned it and we're trying to pass some of that on because if someone if it's not us someone else is going to pass it on and i'd rather try to help people on a positive aspect and i think a lot of people we've been getting the good feedback and back and forth and we've had some brands reach out to us too that have liked what we've been doing so we want to continue striving and moving forward and i think uh that's what we can do i think that's what we're doing right groovy i'd say yeah, I, I I think we're so my, my focus has always been like let's put everything that we've ever like you said you've said we it's our experience our you know we not we not be like I may not be you know Albert Einstein of cannabis but I've gone through a lot of experiences with cannabis between the multiple times like the tickets and the and the uh, like yeah, the, the yep. law and then like with um just medical and then seeing it go wreck and also kind of like, like the you know the experience that we had your your bad right and all and then yeah like all the other stuff we may or may have not done yeah we may or may not have done other things so there's (laughs) so there's a lot of like just experience that cannabis and like in like now taking it on a very like not you know a very serious level on like you know i i will get mad at you if you call it weed like it's still it's all good it's all love but it to me The big thing is like, I think we've put our, as much, we're just putting as much information as we can out there. And like Dave said, like, I think we're starting to see people come and like actually reach out to us and say, you know, thanks for the information or comment and whatnot, which is wild, you know, cause that like our hope that this was our goal. And although it may not be like hundreds of millions of people, like, or whatever Joe Rogan actually pulls, like some of these giant podcasts, we're just trying to get the information out there 
you know, because we always did it. You know, we always just talked about it. So why not record it now? How it's impacting everyone's lives? Like I have no idea, and but I hope it is. But at the end of the day, like it's our goal is just to put the information out there, and then everyone can use it as they want. You know, because that's isn't that the isn't that the like the hope of at least of our podcast. Yes, it's advocate, it's educate, inspire, but like the end goal of it is to show the consumer and help in any way we can, if it's helping, you know? So that's that in that connecting them to the industry that they may not have had, you know, what you guys are doing as well. And it's something I love. I see you guys doing, and I love the way your guys sites. look. We want that negative perception completely gone on cannabis as well. Yeah. And you, yeah, I saw, I see if I saw it on your website, I remember it was like, forget the stigma. It's like, that's what we're trying to, I feel you <laughs> like, you know, I feel we, we've, you. it's, we, it's just, it. it's just the, the war on drugs and the war on cannabis just needs to eventually just end. It, it needs to just might it be federally legal. Like you said, do your research, tax it. You'll make your tax revenue from it. it it's good. People have an, an, an optional medicine that they can use. They don't have to travel out of state to go get another medicine or go get a CBD strain or a, well, CBD is not federally legal, but to get THC strains because you can't have it in a certain state. Like that's, that needs to stop. That needs to stop. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, well, first of all, Eli, uh, website, 100% Eli. Just throw that out there. It is very um, nice. It is very nice. That's why it looks so good. Thank you. Yeah, so... Without, I mean, I, I, if you guys don't want to get into the details of exactly where you live, but you know, Michigan is Midwest, rural America, a bunch of it, um, more than like Chicago proper. And I was just curious, have you have you guys had like any flagrant negative experiences? Because I mean, let's be honest, Middle America is where all the closed-minded ignoramuses live, um, with regard to race, religion, pot, whatever you, whatever. So, have you guys had any? Again, I don't know specifically where you guys are, but do you have negative experiences? Have there been any? I mean, I can uh, negative experiences from the podcast or from my own personal like like experience with with marijuana and cannabis. Since you guys have released the podcast, people finding out that you do it, or personally, your your marijuana culture and your life clashing with outside culture, anything, any, just curious. I mean, I have put a lot of personal family disagreement more than anything i mean although you know at the end of the day we're still family thankfully and we still talk and everything's okay but there's still a lot of disagreement there like as far as like you know cannabis and stuff but like like you said like i said earlier like if you're gonna stand by something you can't stand by it when you're with certain people you got to stand by it every single second that you're breathing dude i store i store weed in my grandma's freezer i hear you i hear yeah, you yeah <laughs> well actually i'm saying my family's really against it you know, no, I no, I, but so, I agree. With you. you have to, you have to be upfront to them. That's who. Right. You, those are the people you got to stand right. your ground. And on. that would, and it was only negative at the beginning before I started taking it so seriously. And I think that's another reason why I take it more seriously. Why I got my card. Why? Because you know, a lot of, for some reason that stigma is that uh, hi guys, uh, what's going on, stoner guy. And mm-hmm. and it's not like that. You know, I mean, maybe in some cases, yeah, I guess. But like, and maybe you know, maybe back in the day, I don't know, I wasn't around. But at the end of the day, like that stigma is not the same anymore because there's a lot more people too. So, um, 
I guess some people just talk like that naturally, you know. <laughs> so, but I wouldn't say we've had a lot of negative outreach with the podcast per se, you know, necessarily. You know, I just think at the end of the day, that's something you're always going to face someone in your family or your your friends or your your girlfriend's mother or whatever it may be is might disagree with you, but that's something that's why you got to be kind of educated to prepare yourself and explain why you know, why you support this. Don't just say like, I like it, man. Like there's a point, you know, there's a certain like why education is the key and self, self, you know, education, you know, doing a little bit of research. And I know, you know, don't just go look up one thing on Wikipedia, you know, go out there, experience it a little bit, try some stuff, you know, do some digging, check the real websites, everyone go on PSI labs, which is again, just one testing area, but you know, do some digging. Cause like, that's the best thing you can do. And you know, that's something that I, I just think that's so huge, you know, just kind of knowing what you're getting yourself into, you know? Well, no, no, quality information and quality education allow people who are against anything. It's like, well, if if this is quality info, you can't have an argument against it because this is the science. And right. I mean, people and that's people, exactly. No, you're 110 percent right, because that's the right way you not you have a conversation. But at the end of the day, like you said, there's a lot of closed minded people. You some people are just going to straight up not agree. And like honestly, at the end of the day, you got to stand your point and just say, "Oh well." Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> like, yeah. here's my ground. I'm standing it. Yeah. Now, so Canada, Dave, you, 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 when you got your card, yeah, you, you kind of went. You knew you were going to use it to grow. Yeah, yeah. I would do a bunch of like research and things back when I was younger. Uh, read a book. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Green thumb. I mean, I think. I used to like go in the garden. My grandmas have a huge garden, gardening. So I think I got somehow some good gardening trait from genes or genetics, right? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I that was something I always thought was cool because you you could grow your twelve. And to me, I've I, I mean I'll say it. I'm a connoisseur. I'm pretty picky with my flower that I smoke, and I love smoking my joints. So I was like, hmm, you can actually grow this and maybe I won't have to spend money. So that's why I thought, you know, and eventually, you know, the hydro setup was like a complete, it wasn't that's good. That's so true though. The product was like horrible for years, but I stuck with it though. Cause I really love it. <laughs> oh man. I'll, hey, I straight up, to be honest, I actually tried that weed you grew in your mom's closet. So I can literally attest. To yeah, your mom's closet. Closet. That's what I'm saying. In your, you know, not in your mother's closet. <laughs> Sorry, no, you're right. You guys, let's let's mom. stick with mom's closet. It has a great ring to it. <laughs> That's funny, but you guys, no, no, he's definitely been. He's like since the second he's got his. Car. Yeah, you you know those high times, the like the high times. Like I don't know if you guys, have, I used to be in. I used to love high times articles. I have like a huge collection. Like I went full cannabis stoner, like advocate as soon as like. We started because we started smoking heavily when we joined the same frat. That, that's how it all happened. We we've been friends since like middle school, right? And we off and on high school yeah. and then college hit, yeah. and we just started smoking. So like I became an advocate yeah. then, awesome. and then at uh, first I became a stoner, and then I became an advocate. <laughs> but yeah, it's like hey, you got to walk that path. I yeah, exactly. But like the thing is, love, love, you know, it, love it first. Yeah, love it first. yeah, exactly. And then, like, so saying, like, we, when I was looking in the High Times articles, they have those, like, complete growth setups that you just, yeah. it's like a plug and go, you know, like a light, the box, and everything. And that's how I started. Like, that's how I started Hydro. It was in, like, a little, it was actually called the Super Closet. I don't even know if they're still around. 
but that that's that was what started me and eventually then i got into like what i'm doing now with soil and cocoa mostly cocoa now can you can you for for both me and eli but also all listeners do you mind expanding on like how you went from closet to your next step to where you are now and yeah uh well eventually i moved out um and then started doing it i'm at my own on my own congrats on moving out of your mom's closet by the way yep yep thank you thank you it, it was a great moment not gonna lie i was like yeah i finally made it out no <laughs> uh, <laughs> i can't i can't wait to move out of my mom's house no started doing that and then i got out of hydro that was like my main thing um and then i started going into soil uh pro mix if people are familiar with that started with that then now eventually now i'm currently doing more cocoa uh but you have to feed so yeah feed like a lot more it doesn't the soil the cocoa doesn't hold as much it's a quicker drainage than like the soil because the soil will hold the chemicals in the water as much so yeah I'll water more the cocoa uh sorry that's a rant but now when you say cocoa do you mean like cocoa yeah like cocoa uh cocoa coconut like cocoa fibers. powder uh, fibers like coconut fibers uh i use uh, something called mother's earth cocoa and there's like mother's earth cocoa and perlite it's like a different type of soil yeah it's my it, that's that's my base that's yeah. instead of instead of soil yeah. that's the base i'm using instead like you can use different different bases to grow your cannabis and each each grower has their own well how they want to do it um some people you know love i i love soil i've just started recently going into the cocoa was it now been six months eight months maybe and i i like the product you know i'm not complaining but a lot of people just think soil should be the way but i would recommend taking a look and looking at different mediums to try but you can add cocoa and perlite together and that helps as well too there's like bags and stuff you can make your own mixes and there's so many there's so much different ways to grow it's just really fascinating and different well no you 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 keep trying new things that's how you evolve if we all just stuck in the same thing we would have never evolved to what it is now so exactly exactly and that's and and we were saying earlier we're talking about leds and hps uh that's that's literally how we i did a side-by-side test like we were stating and to be honest i've always through everyone i've met and people i've talked to in the industry it was always hps hps high pressure sodium that's that gets you your weight that's that gets you quality that's everything i'm like all right all right well now as the industry's growing more states are medical more states are recreational all these led companies are coming up and the technology in these leds yeah, you might be paying an arm and a leg at first to get an LED to compare it to a thousand watt bulb. But man, let me tell you that that if you get a good LED, I'm gonna illumine our lighting. I mean, that's who I'm using, and I, to be honest, flat out love it. They're I would say they're hands down comparable to a Hortolux pink bulb HPS, like the best Hortolux, best Horty thousand lux, uh, thousand watt, excuse me, and that i think is the leds just phenomenal i'm just a huge fan on the leds so and so you save on heat output which is important because you have to do with less less cooling but then correct you're saying your initial investment in the light is high but you you'll save on electric and cooling 
Yeah, it's like a yes. long-term investment with LEDs because, like, LEDs is exactly what you're saying. Like, it's going to have a lot. There's But there's a lot more advantages. Like, with LED, you can grow your pants closer to the light, too, because it's not, you know. So these plants, so there's there's many, many benefits to just LEDs. But, like, yes, there's, like, probably, I don't know, probably a 3 or 4X type of investment off the beginning. Yeah. But, like Dave said, you save a lot on your electricity. And, and it's a better light spectrum, too. You're getting a better light spectrum. You get better turbs, better turb profile. Like the nugs under the LED aren't like if you put if you ever put your hand under underneath a thousand watt, that it it gets hot. It's hot. Yeah. Like groovy, you've done it. It gets hot. And you put your hand underneath a thousand watt LED and you're like, whoa, the difference, complete difference. And the I feel like the turps, the smell of the bud, the the end product after it's been dried and everything is I, I would say it's very comparable or you could be leaning towards LEDs. And I've only used the one LED brand, Illuminar Lighting. So don't quote me on all LEDs, but I've talked to a couple other uh, growers and they themselves have said they've started to like LEDs because of the, the new technology that's in them, the new uh, chips that they have. Some have like Samsung chips, I'm, I believe, and, and things like that. So the technology is really going. And and this all spawned when I went to Canacon last year in Detroit. I I. I got infatuated with all the LED lights. Literally, no HPS booth. There was one, Hortilux. All the other ones were LEDs. You had Vivid Grow. You had Illuminar. Um, I'm blanking on a couple, but it, I, I think that's a that's a huge thing. Like lighting's huge, and like you're saying, the temperature cuts down. It's not as hot, so you save on your AC. And the, the initial investments have the but. It's worth it in the end run, trust me, because like that, the, my thousand watt is only producing like six hundred and thirty watts. So you're saving all of that, but it's equivalent to a thousand watt, hands down. Wow, gram for gram. You're saving on the electricity it takes to run the bulb, then you then save on the yep. electricity to run the AC to cool the bulb. So exactly. You know, it's funny. My industry is switching to LED, and it's the same thing. It's, it costs a lot, but the heat is lower. The the draw is lower, and it. May, yeah. I mean, it's amazing that it's translating in the the horticulture world, so to speak. But it's awesome to know. Oh, it's great! And also, one more thing too is the ball, the like the LED lights. They last for a couple of years. HPS bulbs, like you want to use the one bulb maybe six to eight months, then you got to buy it again another fifty, sixty dollars per oh. bulb. So like eventually, you're still adding up and. It's just going to be a little bit, probably like Groovy said, a couple times more than normal. But LEDs can last a lot longer too, and they'll give the same efficient lighting and spectrum, which is great for your end product. We are evolving; you can't stop it. I would be so interested to try that side by side, or or even just hear your guys's take, like on the differences. I mean, on one hand, you should think it should be comparable, like level. But are, are you guys finding that in your little test that it was the LED came out better quality? Well, see, I think quality depends on what you prefer on plant. Really? See, I don't know. I can't say, you know, because I, I, to me, I felt like when he was giving me LED stuff, I was getting more flavorful stuff. Mm. Now, I don't know. Maybe it is subconscious, but like. I mean, obviously, kind of subconscious, kind of <laughs> it. it's psychological. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but, but, uh, 
you know, that is like something that could totally play a factor. Now, I don't know. Dave's been obviously doing it the actual side by side. I'm sure he has more notes and stuff. I just kind of get them by batches. He, we kind of just discuss what I've tried through them back to back, you know, but sometimes you get more dense product on one, but then like, honestly, is it different side by side? Like, you know, once it's cured, like it's good product. I thought I prefer the led, but Dave, like, do you, what do you think? Like, cause it's going to really be down to you. I just, I tried it kind of more of, it's like the Guinea pig, you know? Yeah, no, no. I think you hit it on. Right. Um, I think it, the dense nugs, I think they're pretty equivalent. I think they're just, I think you have a better turp profile on the leds a little bit the smells a little bit more there and i don't know the taste might be a little bit as well there too but i don't know like that could just be me saying that but i definitely think there's more of a smell on the end product you you get more of the aroma because i don't feel like the the heat penetrating on the top colas is burning or like too hot because you have to have fans blowing on the top colas obviously because you know it they'll get real hot they can mold if it gets too humid so with the LEDs, yeah. I feel like it's a lot cooler, and the. the well, I used to remember. You remember that? You remember burnt looking buds, right? Like that, like when it was green, but then it had that, like I don't know, like. Yeah, they got way too close to the light. Yeah, you get this reddish tan tint, and then it wouldn't taste like anything. Like the heat is obviously affecting the trichomes in some way. Now I'm not a scientist, but like when they, when you at least from like just trying that stuff back in the day, like it seems to be like a kind of a like at least from my assumption that the heat kind of can degrade the terps if it gets too close, like yeah. if it's too yep. exposed to it, you know. And I think LED probably runs that factor lower, you know, when you don't have to deal with that high pressure heat, you know, you can deal with this different type of light now again like i said i'm not sitting here running scientists but after smoking for years and going oh well this is clearly doesn't taste as good as this stuff you know it might affect the trichome or maybe at least the terpenes so it probably affects the trichomes or at least in some way it has to affect the plant structure in some way because imagine like if we get overexposed with heat we we our structure change we burn you know we get tanner like like why would it not be assumed that a plant is similar well and so. that's that's exactly what i was gonna say i mean it makes sense that you know, when you're growing in a grow situation, you're trying to recreate the sun. The sun is millions yep. of miles away. So you ever never really can recreate the distance and the intensity. But like you're saying, with the LED, you might be allowing in some way a cool down period or an atmosphere that the high pressure sodium don't let you achieve that maybe helps the terpenes develop better. Um, and, and just so, you know, Eli's pointing out a good point. For clarification, because we also like to educate and we hope that uneducated people listen to all of our podcasts, can you guys ex expand on terpenes and trichomes and what they are and what their role they play? You know, we know that terpenes are flavor profile, but can you just, you know, for, for ignorance, ignorance, can we uh, expand on that for us? Yeah, Groovy, jump right into uh, the terpenes. You've been loving terpenes and concentrates. So he can talk about that all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, I, I've been, I've been, I guess I've been experimenting more with concentrates. Yeah. With concentrates, there is a lot more like terpene, like information, at least out there, you know, maybe uh, not as much so much the flower, at least yet in Michigan. Uh, we talked to someone out in LA and they're saying that terpene information is getting out there, but there's an association between terpenes and flavor of your buds. And sometimes at least for my, again, this is like, you know, new, infer new, uh, I would say relatively, new studies so it's not necessarily proven fact but you know how i'm sure you two are associated with the indica sativa mm -hmm. 
terms. Well, the thing is about that is like those terms are not necessarily um, fact. Those aren't necessarily, uh, you know, guarantee going to guarantee you Indica is going to put you in the couch. Tiva is going to, you know, wake you up because it kind of depends on because there's that psychological aspect with marijuana. So I think it kind of depends on your personality. Um, but there, well, again, like, you know, that's again, that's my opinion. The Indica, the Indica Sativa quick. Sorry, I cut you off. Here. Indica Sativa quick. No, uh, if you guys don't know. It goes from it, the indica is based off of growing in cold environments. So your indicas grow smaller, fatter families. So that's growing in northern northern hemisphere, not exactly you say that colder parts of the world. The sativas are grown in warmer climates. They're taller, thinner families. So that's where you get the difference. That's mainly the difference. And it's yeah. like I'm blinking on the name. It's Landrace Sativa something or Landrace Indica, and it's based off of that. That's how they're named. It's like the there's association to the fan, essentially how the fan leaves look too, is at least how my cheater is like how I can tell. But so the terpenes are more how the flavor is. So I used to always associate certain flavors to indica, certain flavors to sativa, which now the new information out there is teaching me, from my understanding, that now terpenes are associated to the flavor, and then terpenes are actually more ba- are better to associate your end, you know, experience because. You know, that indica sativa, yeah, okay, so sativa may make you feel or give you that more of that anxious, that, you know, up feeling or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, what if you're already um, a hyper person? I mean, that may overstress you out and put you down rather than, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to affect each person. So they were so saying that the terpene, the flavor, and that is going to more associate. So when you smoke it, there's actually a better experience, and that's kind of what you prefer. Because, like, you know, when you smell something that's good, bud, to you, it may not be what everyone else smells. You know what I mean? Because I know people that love that Cindy 99 smell, where I love that skunk glue glue smell. You know, so, yep. you know, so you guys, I'm sure you guys have an experience, like, of a flavor you guys like. Like, do you guys, yeah, I think- what do you guys, like, if right now, just, just as a question, so what do you guys like smoking on? Like, if I, like, one of your favorite strengths? You know, I'm yeah, that's a tough question. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I'm gonna go back. There was a strain that I haven't seen in probably a decade. It was called California Mist, Cali Mist. Um, I looked it up recently. The only place I saw that had it was somewhere in Portland. I begged my buddy out there to uh, acquire it and get it to me, but I yet to see anything. That was two years ago. Um, but but that was that was uh, that was I think my favorite strain I ever had, and it was it was an an uppity uh an uppity strain and i really because i i could i could just function on high level on that and i love that um and not i don't mean hot i mean like it was like a cocaine strain like you i would do a bong hit and go in my room you know do a project well it's actually yeah but see that's interesting because i looked up cali mist and it says that the genetics are actually unknown but it's actually seen it's like uh uh, it's believed to have been originated from two sativa dominant hybrids. Yeah. So that, that might mean. Sense. Do you like sativas, quote unquote? Do you so? Do you, have you always thought you like sativas? You know what's funny? You you guys said a lot of valid points in the sense that it's hard to, you know, it always is changing, and these strains are so muddled these days. Uh, exactly. I, I, yes. I have a buddy who's well into the culture and industry and. He says, he goes, you know, there is no pure indica and there is no pure sativa anymore. 
He goes, a lot of people latch yeah. onto these yeah. labels yep. to label it. He goes, but in reality, he goes, those don't exist anymore because it's been so crossbred for so many oh i mean oh absolutely because you end up with genetics that have like four parents each and you're like i don't know it tastes like this and that's why i think there's kind of like that that more that smell association with flavor and then again like and i think that's where the industry is going to be going is towards these terpenes instead of the sativa indica side because you're right everything's pretty much a, a hybrid now there's no pure sativa no pure indica so everything no matter what you're gonna get sativa indica effect now it's gonna be based off of what terps do you like what what smell do you like what taste do you like and then with the terps like you can go with limon your myersin linenol like all these these are like the top three ones and then i think i think the delivery system which you guys touched upon which i'd love to expand on is is becoming what people's preferences is is not as much strain or indica sativa or even terpene profile but concentrate vaping herb edible like that's now becoming a huge choice factor um in people's world do, do you guys have preferences i mean you guys had mentioned concentrates is that your preferred i mean obviously one of you seems to love concentrates and the growers got to love the herbs yeah i mean i i i i, I love the flower um, you it. that was a great call and like i said i'm i'm a i guess i'd say i'm a weed snob i love cannabis i love smoking the joints and i love my concentrates do not get me wrong because they're so flavorful the terpene profile on them and a nice quick nectar collector dab sometimes is always great but you you always catch me with like a joint at the end of my day for like that that's that's my absolute favorite and groovy and by no means do i dislike <laughs> flower i love flower it's just it's just more or less you know there's moments for both i think i just like you know kind of like i was saying like dave keys making the reference that like i just kind of fell in love with the flavors you know and i know and dave is obviously a grower so it's it's a different experience and and i like that you know that smoke flavor as well but i don't know it's not that i like necessarily say i dislike smoking but i definitely would say i like the, 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 the concentrates that's my focus and i because i just love it's more or less like i love trying the terpenes i love trying to see does does the cbg feel like anything i mean does it i mean or is it just like you know is it just a is it just literally something going on chemically you know which you know you know i've never actually can feel a difference necessarily but i've seen you know it's just so fascinating things you'll see because there's labels on some of these concentrates that i don't see on flower like like the THC versus the THCA, you know, there's a difference sometimes, you know, I bought concentrates that were like 30% of each, but then the total THC is 70%. So it's like, I don't, you know, but I like that because it wasn't such a heavy head high, but it was more mellow. And I don't know. I, I think there's, and, and like Dave says, I fell in love with the terpenes and the flavors. So although cannabis definitely does have terpenes, the amount they have with concentrates is just, I feel like kind of... I think that's why concentrates take off because you're taking the whole plant, you're extracting it, and you're getting that product. And that was the whole point was to get the best, the most flavorful and best product at the end. That's a concentrate. Have you, have you either of you guys tried live resin? Yeah, I have not. Good okay, stuff. so live resin is awesome. Uh, Dave, can, yeah, can you, <laughs> David? Can you explain it better though? Because the whole what it is is that yeah, the, I believe it. Trichomes are still yeah, alive, they're like fresh, right? they're active. Because I believe what you do is you, you take the plant, you okay. chop it, and then you like freeze them instantly, 
you don't hang dry it and you freeze it and that the THC is still activated and then I think if you I believe you then that's when you go through the blasting and purging process of it but now there's all these different types of different ways to make concentrates where people are trying to go solventless because people don't want to use the butane which we don't have much of here yet like the rosin which I don't know if you guys have had but I haven't had pure rosin. or hash or hash hash is good like uh, bubble hash yeah and that's not the live rosin definitely the live rosin so I, you know, the live rosin, you know, I found it to be super clean tasting and I, same with the high, it's limited. My experience is limited, but I found it just the taste and the high to be real, like unoffensive, like super, both of them super clean and just like crisp. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't get tons of it unfortunately we you know we've had a huge supply issue in chicago since it went legal but uh, how is the experience there going to dispense i mean is it possible for you like how yeah yeah, can can you spell it because i haven't been to chicago and experienced it like i haven't been to chicago since 2016 so So, yeah i mean maybe once to visit or twice to visit but that's right no it, it so when it went it went legal in January, Eli and I were at the dispensaries all day January 1st. There were lines forever. I mean, Eli, what was the line at uh, 33 or whatever? Was it six hours? Damn. Or six blocks? Yeah, I don't know what the way it was. But was there a limit? The that's history, I'm though. That's history, a lot of places though. were limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, yeah. But the, not, supply, yeah, the supply has never caught up. And Illinois demands that all dispensaries maintain stock for their medical patients, which has severely increased because all of, you know, they expanded the list of uh, ailments. And then also everyone's like, well, I'm going to get my card because I can save on taxes and blah, blah, blah. So the dispensaries have to keep, they have to, they're mandated to keep enough supply for the medical patients. So the rec supply with it just becoming legal and then COVID happening, what, three months later? Um, it's been, you can, if you time it right, if you're lucky, you can get whatever you want, but it's more or less been slim pickings. Um, Are you guys, is it still open? Yeah, it's an essential business, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. so that's what i figured i just that's what is here i just i thought so i thought so i just wanted to confirm yeah, yeah. so you're doing curbside then i'm yeah, guessing you too. order mm-hmm. online you pick up curbside um i know someone who went and just got some topical bomb recently and it, you know it's it's pretty well done for the situation um but yeah, the problem that you guys are facing in chicago is something similar that was going on like in michigan where there's just there wasn't enough supply <laughs> And now the recreational market in Michigan was getting uh, supplemented with medical supply. Now I think they cut it off because they've approved so many licenses and all the new companies will be coming out that now would just be recreational product. So like that will slowly um, hopefully close the gap for you guys, but hopefully prices drop because prices haven't really dropped on the medical side. So I can only imagine what they are on the rec side. We just go to the medical. I mean. So the prices here are the same as medical, more or less. It's the taxes that are uh, for rec taxes are really driving it home on people's buttholes. So um, I don't think that's going to. If you don't mind me asking. Eli, at the end of the day, it's like 33% taxes with with both of the taxes, or it, it could be. Dang, that's pretty high. 
Five. No, it, so you're 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 looking at seventy-five to ninety dollar eights. Wow. So and then you know, I mean, I remember just when I was buying black market, like oh, like decent bud, and I'm talking like C plus B minus bud B bud. Um, and I was still paying 50, uh, 55, $60 an eighth. And it's like wild. I mean, you guys, and now there's, uh, I mean, I guess price of living in Chicago is more expensive, you know, to begin with. So there's a lot of that too. Uh, Probably I'm assuming they assume. Of, yeah, they no, it's more. because of the County and the Illinois. Yeah. And I'm just milking Ugh. it. Yeah. It's everything Chicago, was expensive. Man. I know. I, I got one of those tickets where you're just driving through a light and you're like, Oh cool. Now I owe you like 150. Was it 200 bucks? I can't remember. It was just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> They'll get you, but it's a big city. That's how it is. makes sense why people are going to the medical to get a cheaper tax break. Exactly. And, and which is another topic that we've brought up before, which is why, I mean, even in California, why the black market is just still booming. And it, you know, it is yeah, it's, yep. <laughs> from like the articles that you read. I, I mean, people are here. still selling moonshine. You know, I don't think it's necessarily going to go away. I think there's always going to be someone trying to sell for a little bit cheaper and someone always needing to save a little bit of cash, you know, for so, or, you know, in not wanting that, you know, not needing those tests or whatever, they, whatever their justification is. Or it could be the licensing like, and that. It's a lot of money to get in it. Maybe they don't. Right. There's tons of reasons. So I think it's always going to exist. You know, unfortunately, I just think that the as you increase the regularness of it, as you increase the legalness of it, the legalities of it, you decrease the the probability of it being like used illegally. People going to the black market, you know, and that's kind of like all you can do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I always I always think there'll be a little bit, and not really black market, right. but like it, home grows because like in Michigan, recreational, 21 and up, you can grow 12 plants. So, and we have, we have with built in uh, rec law is like, you can give gift, you can gift product or gift. I could gift groovy a gram for free and there's no, supposedly no legal trouble because you're gifting it. And, um, so that, that could be something, but I think with whole, I think there always should be at least a home grows, but like in California, you, you can grow in so many areas there. Like those outdoor grows. I, I just don't think they'll stop. I don't think those are going to always stop. I think you're going to slow down the, the, the black market in the sense of the import export, the, the ones that are selling it by the pound. I think they're necessarily like maybe more in heavier illegal situations. So it's like, to me, I think what what's going to always survive is exactly what Dave's saying is the home grows. So the black market will always live, and but not in the sense of like it's going to be like a drug that'll always like looked at as cocaine and heroin. But that's once we get that's what I'm saying. As we get regular, get it more regular and get it more legal, you know, I think that those stigmas will die because it will become less of like a in, like less of a big drug and more of like just like a local thing. So. You know, not as a, it's not rare to get, you know, the reason why alcohol and cigarettes are so common is because I can walk about, I don't know, a half mile probably in any direction and get it a bunch of places, you know, and that's kind of what will happen with hopefully happen with cannabis as it becomes more regular. You automatically but as long as corporates don't take over corporate cannabis. And that's why you got to keep those mom pies and those home grows too. Right. Right. And yeah. And, and, for, and, and the black market, I just want to say one more thing. Like it, it, it probably won't be as money luxury as it is right now, you know, because like what Groovy's saying, more states legalize it and all this happens, you're not going to be able to put your product everywhere because more people will be inclined to just 
walking into a shop and buying any brand. And that's why another reason why we're doing my Tannicast is because we want to talk about the good brands and the bad brands and what's actually decent product if you're going to go in the store and spend your money. Yeah, just trying to and keep it real because, like, honestly, the idea is what you know, keeping it real with all the parties. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, we are just two people that have our own opinions, so it's not like you know. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I you know we're fighting them by any means, but we just try to we just try to put it out there, you know. And people's opinions these days mean a lot. I mean, I even though when it started, I never thought I would depend so much on it, but. Every time I buy something online or I'm going to buy something in a store, I go look and see how many reviews, YouTube reviews, Yelp reviews, Amazon, whatever it is. I want to hear what people, especially people like you guys who have experience and have passion, I want to hear what you have to say. Because if I have 20 choices and I need to pick two, I don't want to do it randomly. I want to hear from people who know what they're talking about. It's important in our culture these days. I think you're right. I, I check a lot of reviews myself. I'll look on social media. I'll check Google, Yelp, whatever. And when you, you do feel more comfortable when you see hear a couple people or voices that you hear more than once about getting a certain product, certain things like that. I mean, for example, I when I start, okay, and I want to kind of roll back around to the concert because I want to ask you if you guys have futzed around with concentrates on the production end of it. But like, you know, there's the butane extraction process, and then there's the, uh, it's not CO, CO2, right? Yeah. Extract. So I find the butane process taints it. I keep tasting it in the, in the concentrates, and I find that, so you had mentioned terpenes and concentrates. I remember, I'm an herb guy, kind of to my bone, but mm-hmm. first time, Feel I had a bunch of black market concentrates here, here in Illinois, they're claimed from be Colorado. I have no idea if that's true. And then a guy I was working with from LA brought me a cartridge. Well, he didn't. Let's just say it appeared. Whatever. And a cartridge <laughs> acquired into my hand from LA, and it was a CO2 extracted cartridge. And the flavor of that thing changed my whole view on concentrates and vaping. I was like, oh. Because... Well, because you kind of lose lose that burn taste, and now there's nothing wrong with that smoke. Like I'll be honest, I was smoking cigarettes, and then before I was smoking weed, and it's like I like that smoke, you know, that yeah. that that resonated smoke. You know, it's not a big deal. Is especially if you get good clean flour, it's not that much, you know. But a good cartridge. But whew. there's a there's a flavor level that I've just kind of got. I mean, at least from for me from the concentrate head, like I kind of got more. Uh, obsessed with if you will because the flavor gets so much more and i thought it was just concentrates that's why i'm saying i'm just learning about these terpenes now and what i actually associate with what i what i enjoy with my experience yeah, yeah. yeah. there are some good carts i personally uh have yeah, carts, from man. Some, uh just because distillates uh, just uh why what, what was that thing vitamin e acetate in michigan people were sounding like mm. oh the thing stuff. you mix you put your own stuff in and mix it yeah, it, it's people yeah. were selling it as no. a fair because it would save you money, but it was no. it was hurt. so like all these fake cards. Well, going yeah, there was essentially there was a filler going on, and yeah. it was like some type of like you know just you know probably just some way to cut it to make a little more money. I'm sure, but I I don't really know. At the end of the day, it was like caught apparently killing people. I still don't even know. How yeah, I have done. I don't know much about. It. I honestly like Dave said, but I also stay away from carts because then I catch myself always hitting it every yes, second. Yes, and, you, and then all of a sudden 
and you know, you know, you, you didn't mean to be creepy. all this stone. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I need a nap. You know, like it's not, those things are heavy sometimes when they're consistent. So that, again, that's my, and that's my own personal reason why I don't do them all the time. Like, you know, if you're traveling or if you're going to be around people that you don't want to smell for like a camping yeah, experience, like there's a perfect reasons for vapes. They're awesome. And they're, but they're the flavors you get from dabs and vapes, like, it's not that they, I would say they, they kick the shit out of get weed by any chance because I love flour. No, it's nothing compared different. to The experience is different. Oh. You're just, just getting the flavor and a higher, you know, you know, I would say uh, buzz, if you will, versus, um, like, versus the cannabis, which is more of a steady, mellow buzz a lot of the times, at least from uh, years of smoking and doing dabs and having edibles and having tried things i mean you know rso's not to not i don't like comparing weed to alcohol because and i've heard you guys mention this here but like they don't deserve to be in the same thing because i think alcohol is way worse and has no positive purpose but i it's like alcohol like you can do a shot you can drink wine you could drink beer it's all alcohol but it's different things for different strokes for different folks how you want to do it folks yeah i mean shit some people drink non-alcoholic beer i don't get it but good for them Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's to each their own. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, alcohol, it, it, I feel like it is just, it, I will use your mentality from your sober I, to your non. And I will use, and, and hold on. So I will use the analogy for cannabis to alcohol or to, to, you know, to allow alcohol sometimes, but only sometimes like to say like concentrates is to alcohol, like, uh, an alcohol shot is, weed is to a beer just the kind of the strength levels and kind of the association yeah. not really to actually the actual function of the the yeast fermenting and actual saying the cannabis growing you know because like you said i am a heavy cannabis supporter i'm not for alcohol i am but i am a very heavy believer especially being you know here in america i am very supportive of do you know out each to each their own so you know, if you want to have a beer at the end of the day, do it. Like, I'm all about it. So that's what I'm trying to say is I'm all about the freedom first. But I also, for my body, I choose only cannabis. You know, and I guess I guess that's, you know, every once in a while I will have a beer and celebration or like same thing with alcohol here and there. You know, it's still a celebratory thing. Yeah, I like a jacket with, coat with, here and there. It's more of a social thing that it's become here and there. Uh, but like cannabis is, you know, regular for me. And like you said, I don't really see the advantage of alcohol, but, you know. Like it's do you know teach their own. Groovy, you know what I'm saying? Groovy, like I know, you know it why you don't see death. an advantage. It's because there are none. I mean, I drink. Right. I drink too. I support. I was like literally weaned on tequila. I love tequila. I love whiskey. I'll have a beer. I will have a wine. I think it's great, and I think it serves its purpose. But you know, it it there is no positives to it. You know, it will destroy your liver. It will cause other, and weed won't do that. Some people argue, oh, well, if you smoke so much, you particularly you get lung cancer. It's like, well, actually, they did studies in Jamaica where they found a bunch of Rastas who just smoke six joints a day for 30 years, and they don't have lung issues. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and again. It's really about what's in your product. Again, that's it's you know that's why we always spread the education because it's about what's in your product. They're not yeah. smoking chemical infected weed because they're just smoking the the, the best flour they can because it's very sometimes it's even religious Rasta. over there, especially with the reg, you know with the um with the rastas. Praise but Jesus. yeah, there's more there's more medical help from cannabis than anything, and it's completely different than alcohol. 
Yeah, I think I think alcohol brings more of a, a psychological benefit to some people, but I don't necessarily think it's true. I think it's in the moment, and I think it causes a false reality. I think cannabis is actually a physical, and it's proven that it can. At least to me, it's a physical, and it stays to be true and keeps me balanced. Again, some people would probably hit this and get so paranoid and hate cannabis, but I, you know, and that's to each their own. But I think like. Like you said, I don't see any true benefits besides the fake psychological one benefit that people have fallen in love with over the years, which is the, you know, I'm wasted, therefore I'm happy. But then you wake up and did it really do anything? No, it probably made you more depressed because it's actually a depressant. Right. So it's always kind of confused me, like the hypocrisy of drinking a depressant to feel happier. But I don't get it. I know the depressant is on how it affects you, but like in my mind, it was always just seemed kind of weird. So I didn't. You know, no, and you're and you're right. To each their own, and I think we all end up comparing them because we want it to be as normal and accepted as alcohol. And I think we always mm-hmm. refer back to how not good alcohol. I mean, whether it's fun or not is one thing, but how not positive. There are no health benefits. Yeah. There are no therapeutic or medicinal benefits in alcohol. Yet it is totally accepted. You can drink in front of your kids. You can drink at a business event, you know, and it's like, well, and. Well, in the public eye, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So, and it's like, we're just like, well, if weed's not as bad, can we also do that at our barbecue and, you know, work events? If, you know, I think that's, we get caught in a whirlwind, all of us. Uh, Wild. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, even, even at, even at the level that Michigan has been for, I'm sorry. So it's like. 12 years now we've been doing this from medical to rec. Now you still couldn't just like smoke weed at most camp, camp uh, company parties. I mean, I guess on the giant sense and it's still weird because we live in that, that stigma gray area, you know, that even when we get to the legal sense, it's still going to take X amount of years to shift the actual perspective. And that's, that's the that's end goal is the shifting that stigma, shifting that perspective, because that's going to be that actual, like, Oh, we did it moment. Oh yeah. I remember you know, oh. when I was at college, my first college of three colleges <laughs> was downstate in University of Illinois. You know, everyone was drinking to a point where, I mean, definitely kids going to the hospital, but we're like, you know, a handful of kids were just fucking up their lives and everyone else was binge drinking. And I remember I came home at like Thanksgiving and my mom was like, so are, are you smoking a lot? And I go, yeah, I am. She goes every day. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. And she goes, well, you know, you need to be careful. I want you to be careful. Never talk to me about drinking. Um, And now my parents are hippies and advocates. So she wasn't like aiming for it. She just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing control with it. And I came home um, after first semester with a (laughs) 4-0. And I handed her the, the thing. And I said, I never want to talk about me smoking pot again. And she just kind of looked at me and she was like, what the fuck can I say to him? I can't, everything I said that would go wrong if you smoke didn't. He did well in school. He was, you know, active student involved in activity. So it's like, but yet no one was talking to me about, dude, I watch people go to, like literally almost kill themselves drinking, but I'm getting talked to about pot. And it's just like that, that whole thing, it needs to, I just want it to level out. 100% there with you. I think everyone's made dumb decisions on alcohol or hurt themselves some way on alcohol with pot. The worst thing, what do you do? You mean, maybe you get paranoid, but honestly, the worst thing for anybody is you probably get a ton of munchies and you get a pretty good night rest. 
good night's sleep. Yeah. I, it, and with with legalization, I think more normalization will happen, and that's where cannabis needs to go. Like we we completely agree with you, and you clear your thoughts. I just wish more people saw what we saw and listened to what we said because then maybe we could get it to where we want it, where I can even because you can't even travel with marijuana over borders because it's federally legal. So it'd be mm-hmm. nice to go to another state with, you know, and meet other people and smoke up, but you technically can't because it's federally legal carrying the product. So we need it. We need it to be normalized. We need that. And I agree with everything you're saying about that. And that's, that's funny. That let me, let me ask you guys, what do you think it will take to legalize cannabis on a federal level? Like what, what do you, what do you guys think? Where do you think we're headed with it? I think they're letting the states decide, it looks like, in my mind, because currently, I think with medical and RAC, through the 50 states, the, the majority has some sort of law pertaining to medical and recreational. So I think I think they're just letting states go with it until the feds know how they can approach it, possibly, for maybe businesses, tax revenue, and other things. That's That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying, kind of letting like the states, as they slowly make it legal, I mean, once there's like 42 states that are legal, it kind of starts getting pressing to when do we just make this federally legal, you know, because like, honestly, you are kind of, I kind of see what you're saying, but I think there's also the big, big factor is just someone empowered wanting it to happen is a big thing, and like getting that person, you know, you know, and waiting for that person to appear or just happen and see the benefits, if, whether it be financial or what, you know, what I support, you know, what we support, the, the medicinal sides, the recreational, whatever it may be that you support the most, but it doesn't matter because the whole point is like, you know, I think that I think Dave's kind of right. Candidate is kind of right because it seems like, I mean, I don't, I can't remember right now. It's like, tw- is it 20 something states now are like at least medicinally legal? So it's like, I think yeah, it it's might more, be I think it's more of like, than that. I think there's 12 and, legal and then there's a bunch more medicinal. Right. So it's like the feds are like, I feel like almost like watching to see what works and what doesn't. And then once I think it's undeniable and then someone is in the right point of power, I think it's just going to be a, like a shift. I, I don't know. Someone in power is going to have to do it. I agree with that. I think there's going to be multiple but factors. But also the government I think there's has gonna be it because it's a war on drugs. Uh, you get people in prisons and jails possibly yeah it's a whole it's a whole but which is weird to me because there are so many drugs in the popularity of other drugs and again i'm not saying this is a good thing i'm just saying the fact is there's a popularity of other types of drugs right now and they should be focused on that not cannabis like you know a lot more deaths happening from other harder drugs i think we're still on the zero death somehow somehow a right uh schedule one drug where what is it like what? Yeah, like I don't know. Chick-fil-A. People are dying from Chick-fil-A more than weed. Oh yeah, you you can get obese from eating a uh a Big Mac meal, large Big Mac meal every day, but no, that's no one says anything bad about that, but you can't go home and smoke a joint every night. Yeah. The focus needs to like shift away from cannabis and I'm not even sure why it's still on cannabis, but again that comes from my opinion and I'm only you know I'm from Michigan, so that's where I get to see it's kind of been I you know I can go smoke a, a dube on my porch right on the street and no one's going to say anything cuz that it's oh it's finally there. You know, but it's just it's not it hasn't been like that, you know. So Yeah, it's uh It'll be an interesting haul. I mean, I, you know, you say like, I don't know who has to be. Unfortunately, I think the people in power 
and power and power are why it's still illegal is because they have their fingers in honey pots that don't like legal cannabis like pharmaceuticals healthcare like insurance like prisons like pharmaceuticals exactly um i think that's what and racism and i think that's why it's still illegal i, I think we're evolving slowly but uh, i think there are a lot of ethical things just like you're saying yeah I mean, I that's what i'm well. saying i think unfortunately it's going to take multiple factors it's going to take a shift of the perspective on the overall masses as well as someone in power like being ready to accept that shift and then also be agreeing with it and then there's then there's going to take the vote which the vote then becomes difficult because there's a lot of those factors who actually goes down votes and there's just like it, it, it's crazy it, it, there's a lot of factors that are going to have to just align, like the planets are just going to have to align some way and it's going to happen. But I think it's definitely been a positive progression, you know, at least from the past 10 years being in the cannabis industry personally, absolutely. you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to experience it. So what's, yeah. what's next, uh, what's next on the horizon for you guys? Uh, for us, um, We've we've been talking to do some uh, collabs on some yeah, podcasts. Uh, with hear that we actually met some people over the weekend that you know, or at least one person specifically that we're hoping to get on our podcast, and he agreed. So we're not. I'm not going to put their name out there yet, but it's someone that started something here that's been in the movement for a long time, way before we even thought about the movement. Oh, before we yeah. were live, you know. So it's like definitely just kind of networking, and our, like the future is just kind of like we have a, a couple other ones set up yet alone with like different experiments with the, the you know our own strain reviews, and then um experimenting with someone coming on talking about uh, uh Breed, breeding right now, but uh, breeding. Our, our goal our goal is to continue to get every topic under the every, yeah everything under cannabis out there and we like to spread it around because we've kind of immersed ourselves in this industry to the point that like we know people in different aspects and it's like every aspect from the business side to the growing side to the whatever side it may be dispos dispensaries caregivers like you know medical users rec users you know what i mean so like really just kind of continuing on the path we have been um we've talked about other like you know trying to do more virtual events and whatnot and trying to things like our wake and bake saturdays <laughs> uh, i'm gonna give a quick uh advertisement right here come join us nine o'clock go. saturdays uh wake up bake up smoke up with uh canada dave and groovy yeah we do it on facebook and whatnot as we get more into streaming we might get more into facebook and twitch and youtube and all these other at least yeah, we're on facebook uh, we're not sure currently. about we'll be on everything yeah we're talking about we're looking to plat other platforms to multicast but um just kind of doing it the right way and have you guys ever considered live stuff live oh um yeah. Mm, yeah i mean it's just interesting i mean because streaming is like a new thing you know like i mean not new it's not new at all it's just the popularity of it because of corona has grown as yeah that's i guess is that perspective i would say it's new for us because we've been doing a lot of it now yeah i mean we're not opposed to anything we did uh we started a a puff puff pass challenge on the instagram that you oh, guys should cool. uh hit up we're trying to we're trying to do like an ongoing joint forever. That that's perfect. I will. Uh, I'll do that. I saw you guys tag me in that, and I know. Oh, I didn't did see it. it. I yeah. Will do that for you guys. I heard music. Yeah, but I didn't even yeah, see it. But yeah, I'll check it out. Like that's awesome. Um. No, we're uh, 
Yeah, we're you know we're we're open to anything. We we have no uh, hard lines in the sand. We're just you know like you guys. We're just trying to evolve with it and just trying to keep the movement moving. Exactly. No. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really well put. I like that because that's that is our goal. You know, like stay on the mission and just kind of you know focus, and that's it. You know, we're not letting Corona slow us down. We just kept doing virtual stuff, and um and then just trying to move forward and as things like open up then going back to meet with people as they're comfortable. For sure. Yeah. Going to the shops and different things like that. So we'll be, we'll be posting, we're going to be having like, as like you guys are saying, our reviews of products, we're going to be posting those. Yeah. We're working more heavily on our website, which we do have going, but we're working on other things behind the scenes, trying to get, you know, other aspects to it. So that's, you know, we're working on just expanding our brand, you know, yeah, and can you can you let everyone know like all the places people can find you and connect with you guys? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh myself, Canadave, you can find me canadave.com. I'm pretty much Canadave on uh Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh Reddit, Canadave sixteen, uh my Canacast, you can find us at M I Canacast. That's on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, dot com that's our twitch that's our youtube yeah and uh i'm groovy music two e's no y one word so groovy music uh that's my handle on most socials uh you can but you can also find me on streaming platforms my on soundcloud youtube spotify itunes all that stuff i got originals out i'm actually putting on out this friday uh funky one with my buddy out in Pennsylvania, uh, funky EDM type of track, mix hybrid, and um, so that's fun. And then there's music, you know. And I'm, do, I'm trying, like I said, we're moving into streaming, so that's yeah. Find us uh, all over the social media world, I suppose. <laughs> excited, excited to hear that. Track. Yeah. It's a good track, so check it out, guys. We will, we will also have to check it out. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for coming and conversing with us. It was really awesome. Um, Thank you guys so much for having us on. I didn't even mention that when I was saying the end. So thank you so much yeah, for, for sure. getting us on. Um, you guys will have to come on my Canacast here. And maybe we can collab again in the near future because we have very similar podcasts. And if we make our way out to Chicago, maybe we'll have to light one up. Oh, for sure. Together, meet up. Oh, I think we will have to make it a, a, a point of it for sure. Yeah. Um, again, keep keep this doing what you guys are doing. Yeah, we appreciate you guys, and uh, it's great talking, and we will do it again. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yep, that's our conversation for today. Thank you, everyone. We are out. Thanks for listening to today's conversation. To learn more about cannabis and help normalize the culture, visit us at winforweed.com. That's W-I-N-F-O-R-W-E-E-D.com. There you can learn about legalization efforts, purchase weedware, or sign up to receive updates about the ever-evolving cannabis culture in your inbox. We want to thank our sponsors. Without them, today's episode would not be possible. First is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. 
download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Our second sponsor is Creamy Joint Design, helping your customers get to where they want to go. Creamy Joint is a design firm focused on branding, design strategy, and user experience consulting. Check them out at creamyjoint.com. That's K-A-R-I-M-I-J-O-I-N-T.com. Thank you and much love.